The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Vincent. I'm your host. It is Friday, July 29th. You're listening to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, it's Thursday, July 28th. Magic of time travel. Full effect. YouTube.com slash pick six. Check us out there. We're live every day for the rest of time. Joining me to talk about the um, AFC West? Mm-hmm. Yes. Good guess. Ryan Wilson, grass cutter extraordinaire. What's up, buddy? Hey, I've been cutting grass for 30, what's your, 30, uh, what's 35-ish your years. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I can because I've been doing the same thing. Well, I guess not 35. What's your what? What are you going to ask me? What's your preferred... Uh, like, what do you, when, you, when you cut, like, do you do... You know, do you start, like... Uh, I, I, I've never done riding lawnmower, so I always do push. Never had a big yard to have to work. Well, my, we had a big yard in North Carolina. My parents didn't care. They maybe as a 15 year old, I was spending two hours out there cutting the grass. Uh, so I, I just go old school back and forth overlap by about three inches on the, what's the width of the lawnmower? I'm not into lawnmowers. Like it used to be 24 inch, 18 inch, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Probably two and a half feet. Yeah. So, you know, you overlap two or three inches. Oh, you, and, do, the, oh, you do the overlapping. No, just one row and back. I, I, I don't, you know, because like I was talking to you about my son I mean, earlier. You got a full two or three inches overlap on each on each row. Yeah, no more than th- three. Three is probably the max, but yeah, two. And, you know, when you get sure good. You want to have wispy pop-ups anywhere. Yeah, that's the worst. I but I, I, I don't do a... Uh, you don't try to match up the, the lines, doesn't he? Who? Your 15-year-old who cuts your grass. Oh, no, he just he goes every other row. Like, he skips like eight inches between each row. He doesn't care. Oh, my he, gosh. He might, no, he might be doing his eyes closed as far as I know. Like, I'm half kidding, but half serious. Yeah, but I never did, like, the uh, one week vertically, one week horizontally. I know people do that. I, I'm, as I much do as diagonal. People do diagonal. Uh, do you do the circle around the tree, like the, the, the I've bark? Never, I've, I've tried it. I'm not a big fan. Are you yeah. still start in the middle and you just go outwards? Yeah. Well, just, like, just to, to sort of frame the tree, like where you have the, the landscaping or, or whatnot. Or you, you, tree. Tree, you need to have a tree to do that. <laughs> Correct. You can do it. You can do it like <laughs> that regularly. You can do it wherever you, you want do, for sure. You can do it. It is interesting. For as OCD as I am, I, I have not yet gotten super OCD about lawn care. Maybe that's the next thing I'll, I'll get into. But, um, you know, I just try to do a good job and not embarrass myself. And some of us in our fam- my family have different perspectives of what the level of embarrassment means when you do lawn work. But, hey, here we are. 
Yeah, big. Uh, I used to. We had a. Um, we actually had a uh, a Massey. I think it was. I think it was a Massey Ferguson. Um, it's a red. A lot more. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's John Deere's obviously the popular name, but Massey Ferguson the other tractor name. But it was a uh, maybe maybe it wasn't a Massey. But uh, anyway, it was a. Um, this is what we had at my parents' farm growing up, and like I had to mow the grass you know, every week. Um, and you know you get With up a push mower. No, 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 no. I mean, like this is like 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 mowing like several acres of land. Okay. Um. Maybe not several acres, but I mean, like, like way, like, like it would not have been feasible to mow this with a push mower. Let's You'd be cutting that. every day for the whole entire summer. Yeah, you exactly. cut, cut a part of it, cut a part of it. And then it would take like a couple hours with a riding mower. Jeez. Yeah. What so, did you listen to on your Walkman? It, yeah, you had a Walkman, of course. Uh, but we all, but this. What did you listen to? For you ran out of batteries. Oh, Pearl Jam. Oh, oh, okay. All right, I can see I, that. I made mixes and whatnot. Um, Nirvana. Do you have a mullet? Um, no. But but this this mower was like I mean it was just insanely wide up front, and it had um and then like two wheels but the the it had like a high seat and it had the um like that like it didn't have a wheel it had like the like, the green machine levers yeah like two handlebars do you remember the green machine just let me finish about talking about the damn mower and it had like a single <laughs> wheel underneath the seat and you could. Like you could spin that, like you could spin it on a dime. It was awesome. Right. Like if it was, it was, you know, the first like five. You're out there getting doing donuts instead of cutting the grass is what you're saying. Yeah, it, well, no, you would figure out how, like, where you needed, like, whip it, like, whip and turn around and like get, you know, to get the best possible. Um, you know, you could back out, like, figure out. It was, it was, it was, it was enjoyable. Not, not every, you know, by the by the middle of July, you're like, ah, right, you know what? I had fun with this mower the first couple of times, but I'm. Good. I will say this: there is something to be said for like being a landscaper as that being your business. Uh, the logistical dealing with the money stuff, which is a pain aside, but you're every day you're outside. If you're not, if you're not in Florida, where it's a million degrees, but you're cutting grass, don't have to think about anything. Like there's not the, the pressures of working with Brinson and relying on him being on time, for example. Although imagine being a landscaping business with you. Good Lord. Um, but yeah, land, uh, cutting grass can be quite therapeutic. Yeah. Green machine is a big wheel for back in the day. Ah, gotcha. Anywho, that you drove with the little levers to turn. There's um, three news out. out there today. It's a slow news day. Yeah, Debo just sent us a note. Oh, Ryan, Jensen, it. Ryan Jensen was carted off. Yeah, in fact, Pete Prisco and Rick Spielman are in Tampa Bay at training camp as we speak here on this Thursday. And Prisco asked Tristan Worth specifically about that. And of course, Tristan Worth, the injury had literally just happened. He said, you know, we hope for all the best. And Rick Spielman uh, reported that uh, Robert Haines, the former Notre Dame tackle, actually, who who he was drafted with the idea of kicking inside. The team likes him, so we'll see what happens in terms of Jensen's injury first overall, and then the second, whether they look outside the organization and sign someone, or whether, whether Haines will be the guy who gets the shot should Jensen not be available immediately. Ryan Jensen being injured for a lengthy amount of time would be a pretty big problem. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, Spielman noted that they like Hainsey. We'll see how much they like him should he have to play. That's but yeah, fine. absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's, that's a huge loss. Yeah, I mean he's a you know starting center for Tom Brady. Like that's a uh, that's a that's a big big deal. Um, just seeing what else we might be missing here. Um, Chiefs signed uh, Carlos Dunlap to a one year deal worth up to eight million dollars. Exciting stuff. Yeah, especially if it were seven years ago. But sure, <laughs> I mean, it's, they need help on the. De- they need all the help they can get on that defense. I, th- I feel like. 
yeah, we got uh, it. they we had got a great. Let me look real quick. Uh, let me check their draft. Oh, they got they drafted George Carloftis uh, out of Purdue, which is uh, I think he's going to be he's really good. Uh, I was sort of down on him last year at Purdue, but uh, I think given the fact they hasn't played a lot of football and he's only going to get better, blah blah blah. So yeah, that that's they have that. They Frank Clark's still there. Who did they lose that was an edge rusher last year? Did they lose anyone? They lost Melvin Ingram, but he was only there for as sort of a part-time guy anyway. Like they got him mid-season. Chris Jones can kick it back inside, so that's obviously important. And then they drafted Brian Cook and, and Trent McDuffie in the secondary, guys who I think can contribute right away. But right, in that division, I think the Chargers probably had the best offseason in terms of combating the other great quarterbacks. Cleo yeah. Mack, uh, Jackson. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah challenge the Raiders too. Yeah, yeah but J- J.C. Jackson and... Cleo Mack, I think, take the cake. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. Derwin Jones, Derwin Jones, Derwin James is about to get paid, it looks like, and they have obviously uh, Bosa, Joey. I always get those mixed up. Antonio Gandy Golden has retired from football. Crazy. I know, just two years in. You never saw this back in the day. I, I'm, I'm glad that um, players are willing to walk away when they're not. Yeah, so 2010, <laughs> Jason Worlds retired, sort of out of the blue. He's a second round pick. I just sort of come into his own oh, as the edge rusher, and he was uh, his rookie deal was about to be up, I believe, and he was about to get paid, and he said, I'm going to retire. And it sounds like do some of the same things that Antonio Gandy Golden is going to do, which is focus more on community and education and whatnot. But yeah, and Tim and, walked away. It was like a big deal. I mean, we were, we were, it was we, a huge deal. I was like, oh my God, what, what, the, what are they going to do? It was like a big story that we wrote, we wrote about several times, I feel like. This, oh. is, this is one where, you know, um, are you gonna go with the the forty nine? Oh God, was the forty nine ers linebacker? Um, yeah, and that's the that was concussion related. I can't remember his name either. Chris, um, right, exactly. <laughs> Chris, what's his name? God, uh, what what Chris? Um, went to Ohio State, I do believe. But he retired after a couple seasons, maybe no more Chris than Borland. Two. Chris Borland, because of he's a look man. I I see how this affects people, including myself. I don't want to. I want to be able to to remember my yeah. my kids when I'm 50 or whatever. So yeah, um, that was an instance. Um, I feel like it did another line. Who was the? I'm gonna mess this up, so I won't even go. With it. I want to try to remember who it is. But yeah, it's it's hasn't been commonplace in part because you make a lot of money and you understand the trade offs. But Antonio Gandy Golden out of Liberty. Big wide receiver wasn't particularly fast, uh, sort of a Kelvin Harmon type, which is interesting because he the Washington drafted both those players. I think Antonio Gandy Golden went in the fourth round, and he didn't do a whole lot last year. And this year, I'm sure he's like it's hot out here. I, I'm not really into it. My heart's not into it, and I think I want to go back to school and more power to him. I have no issue with that. No issue whatsoever. All right, let's uh let's get let's get to our uh, get to the meat of the pod. How about it? AFC West mentioned AFC West. That was the potatoes. This is the meat. Um, yeah, this is the meat. Not many potatoes on the plate, but we got a big old thing of steak. It's the AFC West. Bernie. Before we go on, by the way, shout out to people who keep requesting money for me on Binbo. It, it's it's an, I mean, keep coming in. If we had that sort of commitment for literally anything else on this planet, we'd solve you know the climate crisis, world hunger, and, and everything else we have issues with. Uh, that's good. Let's see who wrote this piece. That would be Jeff Kerr. Start with the Chiefs. I think we start. With, yeah, we'll start with the Chiefs. Uh, let let me guess. Let me guess the Jeff Kerr storyline. You tell me how close okay. I get to it. You going with the Chiefs first? Yeah, it's got to be left tackle Orlando Brown. Uh, that is not even the one of the top two, but it, that is one of them. Number Wide receiver. Is, yes. Who is? Okay. It's, it's on the screen, by the way. 
<laughs> there it is. Still missed it. Who is the number one wide receiver now that Tyreek Hill is gone? It, 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 is a, it is a burning question for the Chiefs, and it's a good question. Like, oh, we talked about this, I think, on the mailbag. Yeah. All um, right. Who's your candidate? I'm going to say Miko Hardman. I'll say Travis Kelsey. Next question. Number one wide receiver. I know. He's going to be he's going to get targeted the most though. Yeah. Miko Hardman. Okay, actually if you Travis Kelsey is the number one pass target, but which of these receivers will emerge as Mahomes top wideout? There you go. So when you look at the numbers, Marquez Valdez Scantling's numbers last year are not impressive in terms of the the number of receptions he had. Juju's aren't either cuz he was hurt. I think uh MVS Played didn't play the full slate of games. He maybe maybe played just slightly more than half. But Michael Harmon's numbers are pretty good, even in offense with Tyreek and Travis and, and the other targets there. So I think Michael makes the most sense. I think Juju has an opportunity to get close to his first few seasons at Pittsburgh. But again, there is no Tyreek or Antonio Brown to help take the pressure off him. And then they draft Sky Moore on day two, who who's a fun player who has a chance to be sort of a, a slotty type guy. And um, not replace Tyreek, but maybe do some of those those sorts of, of responsibilities on the field. Uh, he can get deep too. I think he ran in the four fours, maybe low four fours. He didn't play quite that fast, but that's okay. You got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes helping out. So anyway, I, I think Miko's the the safe choice. Josh Gordon's still on the roster, by the way. I don't know. Uh, that's not. That's not. Yeah, I don't know if he's at training camp. I haven't heard a thing about him. I'm just looking at the, the rosters and I see his name there is listed as the number two behind MVS. So take that for the worth. I mean, I tend to think that it's it going to end up being a, a case where even the one guy, I mean, one guy will obviously have more, you know, more yards than the other guy. I mean, like one guy's going to have more, more yardage, more yards and more catches than everyone else. Like it's not going to be a tie uh, or it's unlikely to be a tie, but I would, I would think there's a chance that it's like two, like two guys in the low one thousands in terms of receiving yards. And maybe not even that. Are you including Travis Kelsey or no? No. Oh, okay. So that's going to be three guys if you include. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe that's too high. Well, let's we'll see. All right. I mean, that's sixty percent of the yards that. All right, Tyreek Hill got one hundred and sixty targets, one hundred and eleven catches, and twelve hundred thirty-nine receiving yards last year. Oh, yeah. That that three thousand yard players is a lot. I mean, but it wouldn't be crazy for Miko Hardman to be. Well, who had who was second in receiving that not named Travis Kelsey? Miko Hardman at six ninety three. Oh, what did Travis have? Eleven twenty five. Miko Hardman eighty three targets last year. Yeah, there's no way they get three three thousand guys. I don't think. They also lost Byron Pringle, who had sixty targets. I think he went to Chicago, maybe. Yeah, Marcus Robinson had forty one targets. I mean, there's just a lot of targets to go around if the offense it doesn't like dramatically change. All right, three 1,000 guys or five 800-plus guys? Um, <clears throat> I think it could be both, either, both. Okay. I mean, but I, I think that's going to be, when you just start doing the, like, the quick math on the targets, I mean, you're talking about like, two, like 300 targets. Um, let's say you're, uh, you know, let's say you're averaging, I don't know, like eight point or eight, eight yards per target. Okay. So you got uh, 100, uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it just depends on how they, I think it depends on like, is Juju going to be prim primary slot? Is Sky Moore going to be slot? Or, you know, are they going to have both guys on slot? And Kelsey, I mean, you know. It, Who's the second leading receiver on this team? 
Um, I'll say Juju. I think so too. Who gets I think more MBS years? is going to be a. Um, he's going to have a. Excuse me. Mm. Oh, I had some in my throat. Smoking too many reds before the show. Oh my god. Um, I think MBS will be the like he's going to have his yards per reception and yards per target is going to be really high, but he's not going to have a ton of catches or receptions. All right. That my next question is Sky Moore or MVS? Who has more total yards? I'll say Sky. I'll say MVS. Oh, you tried to say both there. That's going to be close because it's hard to tell with a rookie. You don't know what kind of impact they're going to have at wide receiver. I'll say Sky Moore. I feel like rookie receivers in Andy Reid systems don't typically have huge years. Yeah, Cornell Powell's going to Tyreek Hill had 593 receiving yards his first year. I mean, if you got it from Sky Moore, I think he'd be pretty happy. Yeah, absolutely. Corey Coleman is also in this roster, which is sort of funny. Corey Coleman and Josh Gordon. Hmm. All right. Corey Coleman. Hey, uh, Andy Reid ain't afraid of a reclamation project. Yeah, I'm trying to find a um I can't remember off the top of my head. Deshaun Jackson didn't do it. Um Jeremy Macklin didn't do it. I'm trying to think of a rookie receiving Rookie wide receiver had a thousand yards in the Andy Reid system because Tyree Hill didn't do it. Okay. Uh and I think the other issue is Orlando Brown, which you've talked about previously too on this podcast. He does have the in the rare spot where he has leverage as, a, as an offensive tackle because it's August. He protects the best player in football. So number two is the is Clyde Overtolaire ready to be the number one running back? For me. No. <laughs> oh, no. But for me, the thing is offensive tackle is more important than Clyde Overtolaire. Rojo's on the wa- roster roster. Roster, Jerick McKinnon. Um, is back. I think he played there for the second half of last season. Um, they Derek Bowler got some run last year. He did? Yeah. Oh, they have two similar players. I don't know if they drafted Jerry Neely or, or signed him afterwards. They, they signed afterwards Isaiah Pacheco, too. Maybe they drafted him late. Either way, both those guys were either late-round picks or undrafted free agents. And they're similar type players in that they're absolute burners, undersized, and, and sort of have an ability to help in, in the pass game. So that's interesting. Sort of... Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire light. I can't believe this Clyde Edwards Alaire thing hasn't really worked out. He was so good at LSU, obviously. And then you thought going to Andy Reid's system would be sort of the Brian Westbrook thing, which was the comparison coming out. So maybe now, this is now it is worth noting that um uh Brian Westbrook didn't really and Clyde Edwards Alaire was injured last year too. Brian Westbrook did not take off until later in his career. He had he 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 didn't have a thousand yard rushing season until his fifth year with Philly. Yeah, but he also wasn't drafted as a first round pick with those expectations. So I mean, if Clyde Edwards were a third round pick, no one would care. I think that's the yeah, yeah 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 for sure for sure that's fair because he was um, the first he was the first uh, running back taken before Jonathan Taylor for um what you call it for the Ravens who got hurt last year. What's his name? J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. Thank you. All right, yeah. So, are you still? Oh, cool! Your boy Kyler Murray lashing out. Uh, did he do it on his iPad, like a video from his iPad, which would be hysterical? He called it disrespectful, almost a joke that people think he could have accomplished what he has without studying, preparing for the game. This game, hey is- man, who who wrote who who wrote the contract? Why are you mad at? He de- he declined was- to answer if he was mad at the if he was mad at the um at the team for the for the contract clause. Every Wednesday, I usually do radio in Baltimore with our buddy Bob Haney and Vinny Serrati, uh, Serrati, Vinny Serrato. And I asked Vinny yesterday in all his time in front offices, D.C., San Francisco, had he ever seen anything like that contract-wise? And he said it was the craziest thing that he'd ever heard of. That's yeah, wild. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to divert randomly. But I just no, that's, that. that's, that's a weird sort of flex by Kyler, but yeah, 
It was an impromptu, yeah, impromptu press conference. Anyway, back to the the Chiefs. The number three pressing issue, uh, Orlando Brown. Oh, finally, he said he didn't make the top of the list. He, I told you he was number three. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I think that's. Will this be Orlando Brown's last year with the Chiefs? I don't know. I think they're going to probably pay him. I don't know. I think they pay him. They have they have multiple picks for him, including first rounders. Yeah. And I'm sure the understanding had to be that he was going to want a new deal at some point. Uh, I I tend to agree with that. And I think, like I, I've been saying, he's in the rare position that he has a lot of leverage for a non-quarterback. So more power to him. Hope it works out for him. Yeah, I mean, they need to. It's the the problem is when you trade for a player like Orlando Brown. You, I mean, you're committing to. I mean, like you, when you when you give up first round picks or a first round pick, you know, like any if any of you give a first round pick for a player, you're kind of committed. It's like the Jamal Adams situation in Seattle. Like they were just inherently. Well, that's not a great example if, if you're uh, Orlando Brown's agent. Don't bring up Jamal Adams. Whatever you do. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, I'm saying that like the like this, you're you're pot committed. You have to pay him. You can't let him walk. I don't want to divert this too much, but our buddy Adam Beasley um, discovered the Dolphins forever, and now he's more of a national role at PFN. But he he just um, he's the editor there now. He might be, but I, it's so I, I give Tyree Kill a lot of credit for being so pro Dolphins, like with with his comments and. Um, yeah. See, that's just like that's what you want when you trade for somebody. Yeah. 100%. They come in and you're like, man, I love Miami. You know what else I love? Tua. Mahomes sucks. Go Tua. So anyway, Tyreek just said uh, on Thursday after practice you that uh, at a, See, it's uh, no, I'll, 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 uh, well, yeah, but if kids are listening, Tyreek Hill said opposing uh, defensive backs will be scared poopless when they see him and Jalen Waddle line up on the same side. And again, this isn't a me first Antonio Brown approach. And this has nothing to do with Orlando Brown. That just came across. The young guys, it's great. Yeah, I mean, why not? What's the downside? Like, no one's going to come back in in December and say two or through eight interceptions today. How could you say what you said in July? But if it works out with Tua, then you're like, oh, this is why you need to be a, a team first guy or whatever. Well, it's like so when you, it's like when you when you take, when you get a new job and like you don't go to the new job and be like, you know, at least in like our 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 business, you know, you, you know, any business, no, right? You, like you're tweeting out articles, you're like, oh, like a fantastic story from R- at Ryan Wilson here, like you know, it's like, oh, I love this job that, uh, you know, like at like you're like tagging your your coworkers, you're you're hyping everybody up, and now like you know, we've been here for like twelve years, it's like. You want me to tweet about something for work? I don't think yeah. so. Mute thread. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm not tweeting. What do you want from me? And one last thing before we continue to jump around like we're not paying attention. Uh, our Jonathan Jones is actually in Arizona today. He was talking to Cliff Kingsbury on CBS Sports HQ earlier. And so I'm sure he will have some insights onto this Kyler Murray impromptu press conference. I'm for JJ to be the ugliest person on camera. Mm, well, yeah. That- <laughs> That's why you bring Prisco with you. That's right. Yeah, Pete, Pete, don't ask any questions. Just stand here. <laughs> I don't want to be the ugliest guy on this camera. Um. So yeah, Orlando Brown. I, I think it's going to work out because you know, as we've been saying, they traded for I, him. I, to, I think they have to find a way to. I mean, obviously, they can't pay him until next offseason. But and like, by the way, if um, I'm trying to think, if this was Carson Wentz as your quarterback, you would probably not be as concerned with who the left tackle was when it's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I know, no disrespect to Carson Wentz, but my point is that he's not Patrick Mahomes. So whoever your replacement level quarterback is that you want to insert there, insert that name. 
When you have a 25 year old left tackle who you traded for oh, only 25. Wow. Uh, he might be 20. He's 26 now, but just barely. Well, you got to pay him. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to pay him like this. You give him a big, big ass contract. And I mean, what is the, I mean, I'm trying to think what the, what's Bakhtiari in Bakhtiari. Trent Williams. Oh, that's the pro Trent Williams is the problem. What's, oh, what's he make? I mean, Orlando Brown probably wants more than, so, so Bakhtiari got 23 after Tunsil got 22. And then, um, Trent Williams got 23, 23 million and $10,000 per year. Just used $10,000 above. That's the highest. That's the going rate for left tackles. Yeah. So now we're at the point where wide receivers are outpacing left tackle position. Is that right? Uh, What's Tyreek making? Yeah, Tyreek's at 30. But I mean, it's like funny money 30. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wide receivers are higher. Yeah. I mean, sorry. Basically, Orlando Brown wants to be paid more than Trent Williams. The Chiefs don't want to do it. I think you kind of have to. I think you kind of have to. So 22, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Sounds almost reasonable <laughs> for right. that position. Uh, where are you? And you don't have to answer this. We can talk about it as we go through the, the other teams. Are you still going to be Chiefs to win the division? Or are you holding off on Yeah, that? I think so. Um, I'm, not, yeah, I'm yeah. not. Okay. You're going Chargers, probably. Team Chargers, baby. All right. Let's get to the Chargers. Who's going to be? The number two running back, the number one burning question for Jeff Kerr as it relates to the Los Angeles Chargers. When we look at their depth chart, obviously Austin Eckler is number one. If this is your biggest problem, by the way. Your team's in pretty good shape. They drafted Isaiah Spiller this offseason. Uh, fourth round. Fourth round. Josh Kelly's a fourth rounder. Um, jo- uh, Justin Jackson gone now. Felt like he, you know, felt like he was always going to be the guy who could step Man, up. Fuck, he was there for fifteen years. I know, I know. Uh, they have Larry Roundtree there as well, and then um, Letty Brown and Kevin Marks to uh, you know UDFA's. Yeah, these are good problems to have because Isaiah Spiller was sort of in the first round conversation come uh, last year at this time, fell to the fourth round. That doesn't mean he, he played poorly. It's just that running backs, for some reason, we like to put him in the first round in August, and then they sort of get calibrated to where they're supposed to go. Josh Kelly's a similar type player. He's not as dynamic, I would argue, as Spiller, but but plenty dynamic. And, and Larry Rountree is more of a, a between-the-tackles guy, at least in college. I didn't watch him uh, last year. But obviously, Austin Eckler is where the conversation starts. Uh, Kelly and Spiller can catch the ball coming out of the backfield, so I think it gives you that versatility. And that's going to be a big, big part of what they do uh, because they have this quarterback named Justin Herbert who apparently is, is pretty good. By the way, Justin Jackson is still uh, unemployed, so he could come back in theory. Yeah. He must be close to 30, if not 30 by now. So I I but he's like, no way. He's not. God, I feel like he's been there forever. He's uh, 26. Jeez, oh, pizza, man. He's his rookie contract. Uh, I heard, I know somebody who played, uh, played with him at Northwestern, so he's like the nicest guy on the planet. And he went to Northwestern, so that's good. Yeah. Okay, so the whole football thing doesn't work out. But yeah, I, I think if that's the biggest. I'd say in a perfect world, it's Spiller. Yeah, like the Spiller steps up and fills that role really well, and and and, and can be a good number two for. for I the, think he's more of a not knowing Josh Joshua Kelly's height weight, but just based on my memory, Isaiah Spiller's more of the of the sort of number two workhorse guy than Joshua Kelly perhaps is built to be, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, um, yeah, that, I, uh, yeah. What's number two? Go ahead. Is the run defense going to be significantly better in twenty twenty two? Chargers had the uh, third worst run defense in football. They gave it, remember they couldn't and they couldn't stop the Raiders in that in that overtime game. Significantly? Um, Why significantly? What would lead you to believe it would be significantly better? They added Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Calvin Noy, and of course Khalil Mack, who I think is a pretty good run defender from his spot. But All right, not- Khalil Mack gets my attention. The other three 
the other two. Sebastian Joseph Day is a good player on the interior. Okay. But the problem is they're they have like they have Bosa and they have Khalil Mack and Jerry Tillery, their 2019 first round pick on the on the like they just need more beef on the interior. They just don't really have it. I feel like Staley's de- Staley's defense might even be like quasi designed to give up rushing yards. Also, to continue the theme that you mentioned with the first point there, if this is your biggest, second biggest problem in a division that includes Mahomes, Russ Wilson, Derek Carr, you're also you're probably doing okay. Yeah. Because again, they have Asante Samuel Jr., who had a really good rookie season. J.C. Jackson, who they signed. You mentioned Cleo Mack. Derwin James is about to get paid. Um, this is this is a good team. It's it's a very good team. If their biggest if their biggest problems are backup running back and and you know improving the run de- the run defense needs to be better. Mm-hmm. But again, like those are good problems to have. Um, I don't under. Oh. They drafted um Otito Agbonia out of UCLA. Uh, had an awesome Senior Bowl. Didn't quite play that consistently during his his final season at UCLA. So I don't know if he's going to come in and help right away in terms of the interior. Um. But he's sort of a quick twitch guy. We'll see. Just want to throw out that out there. Yeah, I mean the run defense needs to be better. We'll say it. I don't know if it'll be significantly better. I think if it's like league average, that's pretty good considering all the other stuff they have. And also, I think with that understanding that you're in the AFC West and what you're going up against, that's why you draft Zion Johnson and Rashawn Slater and have Justin Herbert to throw to guys like Mike Williams and Josh Palmer's a guy actually to keep. I don't know how that's going in the fantasy drafts this year for for you, he's, but he's, I, he's a popular sleeper. I don't have. I a lot. think. Yeah, I think he's going to have a, a pretty good season yeah. as well. Uh, finally, for the Chargers, who's the right tackle? Uh, the poor guy you were crushing, I don't think it's with the team anymore. Storm Norton is gone. Yeah. So so it's Trey Pipkins of the depth chart, uh, Foster yes. Sorrell, and Zach Bailey. Uh, so probably. I don't think. Zion Johnson's playing right tackle. Isn't I was it? just going to say, Zion Johnson played left tackle for BC because of injuries uh, two years ago, I believe. I think last year he played mostly left guard. Um, and he was he was really good. He's undersized. He's short, and I'm not sure how long his arms are, and whether that's it's not a great. If you got to go up against you know, like, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, um, Kelvin Beecham was a seventh round pick for the Steelers back in the day. He's still playing. He's short, six one or six two or six three or whatever he is. But he, he had extremely long arms, and that helped him play tackle. I'm not sure what Zion Johnson's arm length is, but he he's a really good football player. Maybe it's better served to keep him inside, and then you have him, Corey Lindsley, and Rashawn Slater. Although they have Rashawn Slater list, listed at – oh, right. Let's Slater's show, left tackle, yeah. Yeah, he's left tackle. Uh, Matt Filer, excuse me. Yeah. Um, who also former Steelers, it turns out. And Jamari Salyer, who they drafted out of Georgia, who will play inside. Um, yeah. So I, the answer is probably Trey Pipkins. I think so. He's a veteran. He's played the position. He's an upgrade over Storm Norton. He must have, Is he the one that got hurt last year that allowed Storm Norton on the field? Was it true? Uh, I think that's right. I think it was too. So, yeah, I think you – because the old saying is that do you move, let's say, a right guard to right tackle to bolster the right tackle position after the original right tackle got hurt? And in essence, you're just you know weakening two positions. Instead of leaving the right guard there and just getting the next guy up at the right tackle position, and I think that's that's the math you do. By the way, Gerald Everett is the tight end. Um, I think they signed him. I don't think he was there last year, right? Uh no, he was at the Seahawks last year. Right. So yeah, that that's another little something yeah, to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of weaknesses on this team. I think they will be the popular choice to win this division. I think most Oh, you think it'll be popular? Oh, Storm Norton uh, is still on the roster. He's the backup left tackle. My bad, Storm. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. There you go. Sorry. Um you think they're popular? I Vegas doesn't think they're 
the most popular. Has a number. The type I think they're plus two fifty. I, I, I think amongst media members, it'll be very oh, popular. No, that's right. Because I think they're. I think Chiefs are minus, and I think minus money, and Chargers Broncos are plus two fifty. Last time I saw. Well, there you go. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, the Broncos and the Raiders next. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondry's newest sports show. Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Denver Broncos, I was going to make a remark about anyway, the Denver Broncos. We'll get right into it. Can <laughs> the burning question, can Russell Wilson get the Broncos to Super Bowl contender level? To Super Bowl? No. Contenders? Next question. I mean, I think the better version of this question is what Russell Wilson are the Broncos getting? Um, is there more than one version when he's healthy? I mean, he wasn't very good last year. Because he hurt his finger. He had nine fingers to throw with. Well, I mean, that's not something that's necessarily going to magically fix itself. Yeah, typically time does heal all wounds. I think that's even a saying. <laughs> How did he make the Pro Bowl last year? Well, that doesn't mean anything. If he's healthy, worst, worst completion percentage since 2017. Why are you Why are you mad at Russ? What did he do to you? This is a weird sort of thing you're doing here where you're mad at him because he got hurt. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at him because what's hurt. his worst season prior to last season? Like how and how different is it from his average season? So all right, his per 17 game would have been 37, 3,800 yards, which is very low. Not 30, last year. I don't care about last year. He was hurt. Oh my god! I, can't, I don't. I don't want to argue with you about Russell Wilson, but um, which is weird. Why are you beating up on curly haired Russell Wilson as being Mexican? Uh, I'm just probably. <laughs> It's hard to say. I mean, I'll do it. You have the, you have the, like 2018, he had, you know, completed. You have the energy right now, Bernie Lomax at a party. <laughs> I, really do. I don't know why I don't have any energy. All right, let's see here. So 2021, why you we're not looking at that. So his lowest completion percentage before that was 20, uh, 2017, 61%, which is actually pretty low. Uh, that team went nine to seven. I don't remember the particulars of, of when the, the, Band started breaking up there. Look, if the Legion of Boom was still there, uh, but 30, he had 34 touchdowns, which um, led the league. Led the league. 11 interceptions, still not terrible. I think well, it's, it's weird. Like he doesn't have 
There's no my point. That's exactly my point. There's no outlier where you go, oh my God, because he's been primarily healthy. He has been healthy. He played with a he remember he had a turned ankle that he played with um a few years ago and and sort of limped that. Like he has his worst completion percentage everybody leads the league in touchdown passes. So I think that my takeaway or what the point I was trying to make is that when he has all ten fingers, he's basically you know what you're gonna get from Russ Wilson. The variation is is very the variance is very narrow. That's fair. Um so it's now new, circle back to the team, new receivers, new offense, new head coach. I mean, yeah. all better though. <laughs> the coaching we'll see, but everything else is all better. That is true. That is true. Um, and as you pointed out, Nathaniel Hackett was the OC when Blake Bortles almost beat the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl, and he did a good job with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay pre after that. So there's reasons for optimism. My concern, like if they played in the AFC South, I'd pick them to win 15 games, but they play in the AFC West, and that's my only concern. That's fair. All right. Uh, who number two? Who's going to play tight end? Who's going to be the number one tight end? I guess. All right. The first uh, order of business is you have to pronounce the number one tight end's name, as it's listed on our lads. Oh, Albert Oku, Alberto. <laughs> Albert. Albert. I got the first name wrong. I called him Albert. Albert Abui Kunum. Abui Kunum. Alberto is what they call him. Uh, he he's going to be the starting tight end. He's they like him a lot. And they drafted Greg Dulcich, I think, in round three, day two guy at UCLA. Yes. Fantastic hair. He is what Weird Al Yankovic would look like if Weird Al worked out a lot and was a, sl- a tad bit handsomer. Didn't wear glasses. Um, and he has sort of an edge. We talked to him at the combine. I thought he'd be all yuck yuck because of the, the the curly hairdo. I don't know why. He just Not seemed like case. He, like who? Not the case. He was all. Uh, he was very. No, he was his hairdo uh, did not lied his his approach. Exactly. I was going to use the word, but I don't know if I use it properly. But thank you for <laughs> leaning into it. Uh, yeah. So I, I think he'll get some run there. He's not a blocking tight end. He's more of a, a pass catcher. But that's okay. Uh, Albert O. Abuikun can, can certainly block. Interestingly, uh, two players from from that Missouri team were drafted in what 2019. One was Drew Locke. One, one was uh, Abuikunum. Only Albert O. remains. Uh, Drew Locke is now in seattle so i think that's the tight end situation if that's your biggest question again those are good problems to have what's the next question um next up how is the pass rush going to look well vague sweeping questions from jeff bradley uh, Bradley chubb is back well he was back last year but he you know your guy from nc state um nick benito they drafted out of oklahoma who i like a lot he's he's undersized but extremely explosive what'd you say second round pick Second round pick, yeah, he had some first round buzz. I just think he was a little. They had Randy Gregory too. Randy Gregory, who somehow escaped the clutches of Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones was too busy talking up Mike McCarthy and adding weird, or maybe it's, uh, Stephen Jones adding weird clauses to Randy Gregory's contract that he didn't like. Um, Draymond Jones has been there for a while at Ohio State. I'm trying to think. DJ Jones is on the inside, formerly of San Francisco. Um, so yeah, no, it, it'll be. But, I mean, this is a fair point, and maybe this is this should be higher up on the list. I think Randy Gregory obviously is really good, and especially when when he's able to have his uh, off field stuff in order. And, and he had some some good run with the the Cowboys in recent years. But this, I, I think this, Jeff is under and, and obviously I'm a homer here. But um, he he wrote he wrote Bradley Chubb is a good player when healthy, but he's missed double digit games in two of the last three years. I mean, um, what's he underselling? I, I think this is actually perhaps should be higher on the list. I, I don't. I think. I think Bradley Chubb is a really good player when he's healthy. Yeah, but here's the thing. So Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, uh, Bosa, Mac. Now the, the Chiefs we talked about earlier, but they have Frank Clark, uh, George Carlotis, Carlotis. They just signed Carlos Dunlop. 
So uh, where would you rank this pass rushing group among the four teams in the division? Mm, third or fourth, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think the Raiders, the Raiders, and the oh, the Raiders. I would, I think the Chiefs Chargers are one. Chargers are one. I think the Chiefs might be third. Max guess, Crosby was, and Chandler Jones. That's pretty good. Yeah, I said the, the Raiders and the Chargers are like uh, a. Oh, okay. Sound. I thought you said the Raiders were the three. And the, no, no, the Chiefs and the Broncos. No. Yeah. Yep. No, that's right. So yeah. I think this is a fair point and maybe a point that should be higher. Bradley Chubb is good. I'm sure Jeff would agree with that if you pressed him on it, but I, I think he can't do it by himself is the point. Yeah. Well, you add Randy Gregory and he, look, if you, if you, it, when Bradley Chubb has played a full season, he has been, um, very, you just yelling at Russ Wilson for getting hurt. Yes. Okay. Well, you take it out on Russ for being hurt, but now you're like, Oh, when Bradley's healthy, he's amazing. Well, yeah. I agree. <laughs> he can't stay healthy, or he struggled with that at least. You you leave for oh Brady Lim excellent. Um, the Raiders. Will the Darren Waller contract situation get settled? This is a situation where we're talking about the Raiders, and the first question isn't about how much you hate Derek Carr and why. I, like, I love is him. Derek Carr a top ten quarterback? Uh he's right around there, yeah. Yeah, without looking, I would say yes. I'm sure he's Kirk, assuming you already listed Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he's not better than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I think you're serious about this, all right? You said you just said he's not better than Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins is not better than he is. You know, um, Jedi I mind trick. I, I, I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, the, the fact that that's not the first question is certainly encouraging. Uh, there's no John Gruden questions, which would have been up there because no matter had he not sent a bunch of stupid emails last year, I think we still would be wondering uh, how much is he hurting this team as opposed to helping it. So the fact they're talking about Darren Waller, who I can't envision a situation where Mark Davis will not pay Darren Waller. Um, Darren Waller checks every single box that Al Davis would love about a, a pass catcher, and I'm sure Mark Davis uh, understands that. I think Darren Waller gets paid. I don't know off the top of my head what the highest paid tight end makes. Do you know? Uh, I can tell you. I mean, I can tell you very quickly. I don't even know who the highest paid one is. George Kittle. It is George. Fifteen million dollars a year. Yeah, you're paying Darren Remember, Waller. We, we, talk, we talked about this with the David and Joku situation and Johnny Smith and or excuse me, with Mike Gusecki, Dalton Schultz getting the franchise tag. Like Darren Waller makes seven point six million dollars a year. He needs to be making fourteen million dollars a year. No, he needs to be making. I think this is a quarterback situation. You you pay him fifteen oh one. You put him above Kittle. He he's incredibly important to that offense. I don't disagree with that at all. Now I don't know how old is Darren. The Waller. addition of Devontae Adams changes that a little bit. Waller is 20. Oh, he's only 27. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You pay him. George is 26. I think George um, Travis is like 32 or something. I think. Oh, he's only 30. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You pay him. I, I think, I think you can pay him. And by the way, just 14 Dallas Goddard makes 14 to five. I'm just saying in the 14 range. Why wouldn't you pay him 15 and one more penny? I just think George Kittle is a much better player. Okay, I, I think Darren, I, I don't. I don't mind if they take him to fifteen, but I would prefer. I mean, I just. I mean, I don't think they have to do it. Like if I'm Darren Waller, I. I mean, I'm. I'm taking fourteen. Like Mark Andrews makes fourteen. I would. You know, I would take fourteen one. I'd be. I'd take it and run. At, okay. at thirty. He's not thirty. He's twenty-seven. Oh, I, why did you tell me he was thirty? Travis Kelsey's thirty. I was looking at the and, and Kittle's twenty-six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'd pay him. They have Foster Moreau, Jacob Hollister. Nick Bauer. So not a lot after in terms of put, you know, making up that, that sort of productivity, even with three or four guys. All right. Next up. Is the secondary good enough? 
Well, they've had some struggles in terms of drafting guys. Um, that doesn't just extend to the secondary either. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the 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 kid at LSU, uh, Ohio State they had to cut last year because he was threatening people on on the social medias. That that didn't help. Tra- uh, Teron Morick, who they drafted last year, um, the safety I like a lot. Jonathan Abram I thought was sort of drafted. That was a few years ago. Trevon Mullen has been slightly better than replacement level, but not living up to the to quite the the billing you like. They traded for Rock Yassin, which lets you know that the Colts weren't crazy about what they were getting out of Rocky scene uh, coming out Temple. Uh, Nate Hobbs was sort of an under-the-radar guy, under guy that I liked a lot coming out last year. I think he had some off-field silliness where he was like driving 2,000 miles an hour or something, but hopefully that's that's beyond him. Uh, but the, to answer the question, yeah, this is a concern, and it's a concern because, uh, as I will be repeating often and have already said, you're not in the AFC South. You're in the AFC West. So this, this crew is going to get a lot of reps uh, just like every other secondary in, in that division, the the difference may be that if the front four, front seven aren't getting after it, it could be make for long afternoons. Yeah, I mean it's like, hmm. Patrick Graham is a uh, is a big upgrade over Gus Bradley, though. Oh, it was Gus Bradley last year, and the year before that, it was the former uh, Bengals of uh, DC, uh, Gunther. Paul Gunther? Oh, Paul Gunther, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, Gruden brought him over and then fired him. He blamed him for the defense, even though it was basically whoever they drafted. And I should mention this. We were talking about ranking these these pass rushing groups. I totally forgot that Cleef Farrell was still on the Raiders. Like he's uh listed as a backup behind Max Crosby, the former, I think he was top five, top six pick a few years ago. Um yes, he was in 2019. He took him fourth overall. It wasn't even in the conversation when I mentioned Chandler Jones. So that I mean, that's not Cleef Farrell's fault, but that's Gruden's fault primarily for overdrafting it, but he's still on the on the roster, and I'm sure he's look. He may be battling for a roster spot at this point. I don't know. Um, he's not getting an extension. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, this is your four for him. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I mean, well, now remember, you got to remember too, with like a whole new, you know, whole new front office, whole new coaching staff. Maybe they'll try to get more out of him, but uh, at the same time, it's like. They understand that that was a wasted first round pick. Look, uh, we talked about this a lot of times. Uh, the draft media don't know what they're talking about, but I think they they were pretty spot on with Cleve Farrell being a somewhere taking take him somewhere after twentieth sort of player. I mean, Josh uh, Allen was sitting not the, not the Josh Allen the pass rusher was sitting right there, like the consensus best pass rusher, and he's been much 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 better. Um, they could have taken um, uh, 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 Devin Devontae White. Sweat. Yeah, or Devin. I mean, like they they clearly needed help, but like line, like Devin White would have been the pick. That was the pick for like it was like, oh, this makes too much sense for the. Reason. I think that's the drive. They took Clee Farrell, they took Jonathan Abram, and they took Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Yeah, we're all in Nashville. We're busting my fist. Um, oh yeah, that was good. How many sacks in three seasons do you think Clee Farrell has? I, actually, I have his page up and I haven't looked, but I'll say seven, eight. Okay. How many? How many games did he? He started fifteen games his rookie season. How many games did he start last season? He played sixteen total games. I, I scrolled down. This is zero. Zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's been bad. Um, it's a shame too because he was a good, he was a good player in college, but not a great player. Great college player played on that with with Christian Wilkins. Um, uh, Dexter Lawrence was on that offense. It was a yeah. defensive line, yeah. and I mean that's it's sort of like the they picked the wrong. They just picked the wrong Clemson guy. No, this is all Raiders. I'm not. I don't want to dump on Cleve Farrell. He he was a late first round pick. If you were sort of comparing him to other players, and they draft him fourth because of his leadership qualities, which is great if you're you know running an accounting firm. It's it's not great if you need someone to sack the quarterback. 
But yeah. anyway, so what's what's the next question? Oh yeah, finally with the Raiders, is there enough firepower to shore up the run defense? Um, again, I, I understand that. Do you have no big bodies in the middle? Maybe you have firepower on run defense. Jonathan that. Hankins, Vernon Butler. They drafted Neil Farrell out of LSU, who, who's a nice player. Does does the run defense matter in a division where I mean yeah, you're, you're like not worried about this run defense? Austin Austin Eckler and Clyde Rosalaire are more dangerous on the perimeter than they are through the tackles consistently. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think. Well, the the issue with the run with run defense is that if you're if the Chiefs put up thirty five on you and you're you have to be able to stop them from like melting. No, them. that's why you draft. That's why you trade for Devontae Adams so you can score points. Sure. Yeah. I mean. And that way, if you keep scoring points, they won't run the ball. There you go. Math. Now, if you're worried about Javante Williams running all over you, I suppose you could draft a bunch of interior defensive linemen, but I I don't think think that the run defense is going to be great. Who's going to have the best run defense in this division? The... (laughs) It might be the Chiefs. I was going to say the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Man, that is rough. Um, run defense last year, the Chiefs ranked by DVOA. Let's see. The yeah, what are the four teams? Chargers were 30th. The Chiefs were 20th. Okay. Respectable. The Raiders were actually ninth. There you go. Mm. Mm. All and, right. Uh, Denver. I don't like this new format on FO. Denver was 21st. So the Raiders actually had by far and away the best run defense. There the- you go. Keep keep um, hope alive. So yeah, I mean, it's it's possible that they have that they have enough firepower there. Um I, I think that the Raiders defense is gonna can be de- can be pretty good with Patrick Graham cooking up with those guys. So there you have it. All right, that's it for the AFC West. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Wilson, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.